Welcome to another Aflame teaching session. We hope you enjoy this special message by Hank Kleinschmidt. This is awesome, isn't it? To actually have people in church, isn't that something? Yay, come on. <laughs> That's amazing. I suck the player. Okay. That's why I have a wife. <laughs> All right. Man, who believes God is going to do something this weekend? Yeah. Not because of us, just because he's awesome, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. And as we just rest in, in his nature, uh, something starts changing inside of us, right? So what I want to share about tonight is, um, is just kind of a little bit about who he is and who that makes us. Because that's pretty important. You know, Jesus in, in John chapter 8, he, he stands up and, and once again, um, he's having a bit of a disagreement with the Pharisees, right? Like your brood of vipers and you know, those kind of things. And... Um, so he's standing and they're just attacking him again and just going after him and who do you think you are and, you know, all those kind of things. And, and how many of you have felt that? Like you, you would just sit and it's just like, so who do you think you are, you know? Like who do you think you are? Uh, you want to move in the supernatural, you want to move in all of this stuff and it's like, you know, but who do you think you are, you know? Like what makes you so special? <laughs> and that's kind of the voice that, that all of us we're, we're facing on a regular basis is, is just like, who do you think you are? And Jesus at some point, he just stands up and he looks at them and he says, I know where I come from and I know where I'm going. You know? And that was kind of it. So his whole, his whole approach has always been out of this place, like I know exactly who I am. I know exactly who I am. And because of that, I can say the things that I say that really upset you all of the time and enjoy doing it. Yeah? Because he knew who he was. Right? And that, that makes such a big difference if we can move uh, into that space. Right? Of just, because in that space is rest. Okay? And once we move into rest, then lots of things are possible, you know? Like, like Jesus heals on the Sabbath all the time, like on purpose, right? For two beautiful reasons. One, he really enjoyed offending the religious. He loved doing it. Have you noticed? He loved offending the religious. He loved challenging those who wanted to place limits on what you can be in God. He loved that. He still loves it, right? And the second part is why did he heal on the Sabbath? It's the day of rest. So he was trying to prophesy to us as well about the power of rest the power that comes by identity, and now I'm flowing out of the rest of God. So it's 
It's not what I do. It's not my ability. It's not my gifting. It's not how much I've done this or I've done that. Or it's, it's about none of that, but it's actually to settle in the rest of the Lord and to be in that place of peace. I know where I come from. I know where I'm going, right? And that just transforms our lives completely, completely. It changes everything, right? Genesis 1 verse 1, you know it, so we don't have to read it necessarily, right? But... I love that, that God introduces himself to humanity as the God of creative miracles. The first thing you read about your God is that he does miracles, right? And in the beginning, right, God did what? God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God, that word for God is Elohim. That means the most high. That means the creative God. So in the beginning, the creative God created, right? That word is in Hebrew, it's bara. That means make out of nothing. Okay? So his introduction to the world is, this is who I am. Right? I'm the God who can make out of nothing. The first thing you read about him is I'm the one who does miracles. Right? Isn't that phenomenal? That's his introduction to humanity. Hey guys, this is who I am. Right? I like the first three words as well. In the beginning. There's this guy and he calls himself the Alpha and the Omega, right? Revelation 1, he sits on a throne with fire in his eyes and, you know, face shining like the sun. Remember that guy? And his name is the beginning. In the beginning, there's your king right there. So right in the beginning of time, Jesus is the beginning point of everything, right? In the beginning, there's Jesus, the Father created. There's two, and the Spirit hovered. So every part of the Trinity is present in the first two verses of Scripture introducing themselves as the God who can make something out of nothing. And it all happens through this one guy called the beginning. Right? For I am the Alpha and the Omega. Right? So everything was set up in that place where God introduces him as I can do whatever I want, I can do the impossible, right? And that's kind of how the story begins. And then throughout history, we keep seeing this God who just keeps breaking all the rules, right? Even the rules, he sometimes looks like he makes himself and he just breaks them in anyway, right? Because he doesn't like them. Like, I'm going to stay in this box called the ark. And he's like, no, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm out, right? <laughs> he's constantly doing stuff. He's like, no, I don't like that anymore. I'm going to change it. Why? Because I want to reveal myself in a greater measure to humanity. Right, I want to show myself to who I am. I actually want a relationship with people, you know. I'm not limited, right, 
And from the beginning of time, this is the one that introduces himself to us and says, hey, I want to be your friend. I'm your Lord. I'm the one who gives you life, right? And then Jesus comes and he, he kind of he restores this whole thing to us back again to this place where we can actually look like we're supposed to look, to walk in the image and the likeness of God. Because that's always been the design. That's always been the plan, right? Because we are what? Sons of God. We're supposed to look like our king. We're supposed to look like Jesus. We carry his image and his likeness all over creation. That's who we are, right? But that's the very thing that was stolen from us. That's the very thing that we lost, but Jesus brought that back to us. And I want you to jump with me to, to John chapter 14, if that's okay. And we're just going to talk through that a little bit because I want you to see this amazing conversation Jesus has with his disciples. And keep in mind where we just jumped off, right? Like from the beginning, he introduces himself in this way. And then humanity loses its way a little bit. And then there's this great redemption plan. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Right. That's good news. Right. Just look at somebody. Tell them that's good news. All right. Okay. This weekend is really all about good news. That's the good part about it. Right. There's really no issue here. <laughs> We're going to feel good after this. Right. Okay. Uh, John 14, verse 10, I want you to see what Jesus is saying. He, he, I'm reading from the Amplified. Sorry for all the words, but I need them. He, it's again Philip or Thomas or somebody that's confused. So I want to say, if you're confused as a follower of Jesus, you're probably on track a little bit. If you're not always sure what's going on, you're, you're in good company, all right? So that includes Peter, John, a whole bunch of people, all right? So, so you're not completely off, right? It will get better at some point. So just take a deep breath, right? We'll get there, right? Jesus looks at them and he says, because um, they asked him, so where's the Father? Show us the Father, right? Because we're always kind of confused. Like, wait, you say you're going somewhere. Where are you going? We're not getting this thing still, you know? And um, so Jesus says, but if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, you know? And they're like, but show us the Father. So after three years, they're still a bit lost, right? And he, he responds and he says, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not say on my own initiative or authority, but the Father abiding continually in me does his works. In the Amplified, he's attesting miracles and acts of power. So let's just pause very for a minute. So Jesus goes and he says, don't you get it that, that, that the Father is in me and I'm in the Father? Right? So he's, he's immediately pulling us to this place like, listen, we're one. Right? Me and the Father, we're one. It's that in the beginning, God. So we are one. And then Jesus says this interesting thing. He says, but don't, don't you realize that the words that I say, I'm not saying on my own initiative or authority. I want you to think about that for a minute. So Jesus is going saying, listen, I'm in full submission to the will of my Father. We all know that. I only do what I see my Father do. Jesus is the perfect son, right? He's the embodiment of the Father, the, the perfect image of the invisible God, Hebrews 1 verse 3. So everything Jesus is doing is a representation of who the Father is. He's saying, everything I'm doing, I'm doing on His initiative and on His authority. But He's speaking about words. It's interesting. He goes from words and then the next minute He jumps and He says, but every act that He does, every work, every miracle comes from His initiative. So again, everything that we see, every single miracle, sign and wonder, every act of power that Jesus does 
flows out of the place, but it is the heart of the Father to do that. It's the authority and the initiative of the Father that leads to that miraculous moment, that moment of miracle, that moment of breakthrough, that moment of wonder, whatever you want to call it. It's always been the initiative of the Father, right? It's the drive of the Father sitting there because He loves humanity, He loves us, and He wants to heal the whole person. He wants to heal our brokenness, right? This is who He is. Everything about Him is still speaking into that. It's not our initiative, right? Remember, who do you think you are? That, that old question is like, I know where I come from and I know where I'm going. It's not your initiative to push for the miraculous. It's actually His. Okay? It's not, you're not weird wanting that. You're weird not wanting that if you're a believer of the Lord. Because it's His initiative. Genesis 1 verse 1, His introduction to humanity is, this is who I am. Right? This is who I am. I do the impossible. I create out of nothing. And then Jesus goes again. He says, nothing I did, I did on my own initiative. It's His words and it's His acts. He's attesting miracle signs and wonders. It's His heart. It's His drive that's sitting behind everything that He did. Right? And then, and then He goes on, verse 11. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe me because of the works themselves you have witnessed. Right? So what is Jesus saying? He's saying, listen, believe me, either for what I say or for what I do, you can decide. What I'm saying is truth. It's out of the heart of the Father. What I'm doing, and He's specifically speaking about power. He's speaking about power. You're going to see it in the next verse, the most famous one of all. Right? He's speaking about power. He's saying, everything I do, if you, if you don't want to believe me for what I say, then believe me for what I do. Right? Anyone, and I'm not discounting anything or disregarding anything, but anyone can hand out food parcels. One of our pastors traveled to Cape Town the other day and their bus broke down in Grahamstown, am I right? So he didn't make it very far from Queenstown. And he got stuck there for about, I don't know, 20 hours or something. And, and he said they were so hungry, they were so tired, and then the gift of the givers came and gave them food parcels, right? Which is awesome. Praise Jesus for food parcels and gift of the givers in that sense, right? But there's something that happens when power flows that you can't deny. When the supernatural, and listen to me, please keep giving food parcels, okay? Just everybody, did you, it's on camera, right? I did say that, right? Please keep doing it. Please keep being generous. All of those things, because in that there's also um, something of God that's being revealed. But it's a school of supernatural, right? Okay, right? So you're okay? So we want to talk about the supernatural. So let's talk about it, right? So, <laughs> okay? But power testifies about who he is in a way that almost nothing else does. When the miraculous starts flowing, it's a testimony unto him, unto the Genesis 1 verse 1 guy. Right? It says something about his nature. It sets him apart. It sets him apart. Right? It places him above every other name. With his love, all of those things, and none of it happens outside of love. 
in any way. Remember, it's like, like people always go, oh, but he's love. I'm like, yeah, he is love. But he's also righteousness. And he's also grace. And he's also justice. And he's also power. And he's also joy. It's not like he's 30% truth and 100% love. You know, it's not how God works. He's 100% of everything. 100% power, 100% love, 100% joy, 100% grace, 100% justice, 100% holy. He's not lacking in any area, right? He's not lacking in power either. He's 100% of that. There's, he is power. He's the source. He's the beginning of it. Genesis 1 verse 1, right? It starts with him. The idea of the supernatural was his idea. It was on his initiative and his authority, it's not, it's not you being arrogant. That's what I'm trying to get. It's not you being arrogant or who do you think you are. You're just being a good son and a good daughter, trying to replicate your father. That's all you are when you trust and when you push for the supernatural. It's normal because of who he is, right? He wants you to be like him in his image and in his likeness. It's the beauty of it. It's not an arrogant thing. It's an invitation, it's like the Lord says, listen, this is who I made you to be. It is absolutely okay, right? Because you want to carry your father's name well, right? And we can. That's the beauty of it. We actually can. Because then he goes from that, he says, well, again, the, let me read that verse again. He says, believe me that I am in the father and the father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves which you have witnessed. Right? Keep that in mind. And now he jumps to our famous verse, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, anyone who believes in me will also do what? The things that I do, and he will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Right? What is the topic still? On what topic are we still? Power. Works, right? These are red letter words. You can't fight with them. Not allowed to, right? Stop it. <laughs> it's not my fault, right? It's in there. I didn't write it, right? He wrote it. He's like, listen, I, I'm in the Father. The Father is in me. I'm not doing anything on my own authority. If you don't want to believe my words, then at least believe my works because I'm looking like my Father. And then he goes on and he's like, trust me, it's the same, my works, blah, blah, blah. And you, you're going to do the same and greater. What is he talking about? Works. Works. Doesn't that freak you out? It freaks me out because I'm not even on the same yet, not even close. And I'm just going, Lord, if I can just have like 10% of the same, I'll be pretty impressed. But he's going, no, you, you should do the same and better. Isn't that typical Jesus? He's like, nothing is normal with him. Like, you know, Nathaniel sitting under the tree. Like, oh, I, he just got rocked by that word of knowledge. I saw you sitting under a tree. He's like, oh, you must be the Messiah. He's like, that's nothing. You're going to see angels ascending and descending on me. Man, this is going to be so much fun. If that freaked you out, you have not seen anything yet. Just hang with me a little bit longer, right? Isn't that typical Jesus? The whole gospel of John is, I love the gospel of John for many reasons, but he's always going like, we want to be here. And he goes, no, 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 let's go there. Like, he's like, we just want to, Jesus, just one of your works. No, he's like, you're going to do the same, hey, and better. Right? Isn't that awesome? The same and better. 
He actually gave you permission to do better. Have I told you that? I don't know. Maybe not. I'm going to tell it anyway because I like it. Right? I have this friend. He's preaching in, uh, in America. Big conference. Thousands of people sitting there. And him and his spiritual dad is on the front row. Right? And his spiritual dad's like this weird prophet guy, but on fire and really a legend. Anyway, so, so my friend starts preaching and he's walking up and down in front like, and he's and like, you know, when we get excited, we start spitting a little bit. So he's spitting, you know, so now, you know, it's really, it's things are happening, right? And every time he walks by his spiritual dad, his dad is like, his spiritual dad's like, hey, hey, I want to tell you something. He's like, I'm busy, you know, <laughs> like, and, and finally gets him and the guy kind of pulls him by the knee in the middle of the service. And he's like, I want to tell you something. He's like, yes, I'm kind of busy here. And he's like, uh, uh, I saw Jesus. And he's like, okay, you know, kind of like <laughs> awkward, <laughs> you know. He's like, okay. And, uh, and, he, and he goes and he says, he's, he's praying for you. He's like, okay, thank you. And like, now we're preaching again, right? And he keeps going up and down and he walks by him again. And he's like, hey, okay. And he goes again. And he's like, yeah. He says, do you want to know what he's praying for you? like, yeah, yeah, I would like to know. Not really right now, but okay, yes, I would like to. And, and he looks at him and he says to him, I heard him praying for you, but he's praying that you will do better than he ever did. Isn't that amazing? The very reason we can do the same and better is because what? Because I'm going to the Father. What is he going to do? I'm going to make intercession for you. Right? It's like he's sitting in heaven praying over me and praying over you and going, oh, Father, remember what I said in John 14, 12? Oh, Lord. Lord, remember how you said in Isaiah 55 that the word will not return void? And Jesus is sitting there and he's going, oh, come on. Come on, Father. Let them do it. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? He's interceding for us. He's wanting what he said to become true. Because it is true. It's going to come true. It is already happening. But there's generations that will walk in greater things. By the way, this weekend is about launching people. It's about healing, but it's about launching people. Right? God wants to activate Incredible gifts of healing and gifts of prophecy and ministries. God wants to launch things, right? But what if we can move into that place where we go, ah, I know where I come from and I know where I'm going. And suddenly the rest of God settles on us because we're not in turmoil anymore. We're not, imagine you don't have to wonder if you have permission anymore, you know. Like, oh, am I worthy? Am I? Of course you are. Of course you are. I have a friend, he, he, he really aggravates people because at some point he always used to show up in places and, well, he, two things. So the one thing is he'll, he'll go and, he, and he'll tell them straight up when he greets them, he's like, oh man, you're so, you can be so happy that I arrived here. <laughs> like, 
what? <laughs> like, great cloak of humility, you know. And, uh, and, he, <laughs> and he would just go, he says, because the minute I arrived here, the kingdom came. Isn't that awesome? Because the kingdom is within, right? Yeah. He showed up at a church one time and it's like he raises the dead, right? Is that okay with you here? Is it okay? Is it legal? All right. Because Jesus said it is, so I don't actually care. But, <laughs> but I'm trying to be polite, right? So he's a dead raiser, right? And uh, um, so this one church invites him, but it's a bit of a mainstream kind of religious background church. Anyway, good people, but they're not really excited about those things for some reason. You would think they are, right? Anyway, so you know in the old days, like, or, or lots of the older churches, they used to have a, a, a graveyard right behind the church, you know? So he arrives there and he shows up and he's a bit younger and it's this kind of antagonistic older pastor guy and, and he shows up and, uh, you know, open, greet him and they're like, and, and, you know, they're like, ah, so you raised the dead. And he's like, yes, sir, I do. And he says, well, they take him to the graveyard and they say, so what about, but, but like in an aggressive way, like, but what about this? You know, kind of going, don't come with your nonsense here, you know? That's what they're saying. What about this thing? How do you explain that? Right? And I love this response. <laughs> Want to hear what he said? He just goes, he's like, I'm sorry I weren't here. <laughs> Right? Because you will do the same and greater, right? I'm just sorry I weren't here, man. We could have made a difference, but unfortunately, I was too late. You should have invited me earlier, right? And now we want to think it's arrogance, but isn't that who we're supposed to be, right? We're actually the answer. We're filled with life. 1 Corinthians 15 says we're, we're not the first Adam anymore, the man of dust, but we're the second Adam that means we are a life-giving spirit. You need to hear that again. 1 Corinthians 15, it might be verse 48. So just, I'm sorry, I'm off the notes, right? You're not the first Adam anymore because he was the man of dust, right? You're not the man of dust anymore, but in Christ, you're the second Adam. So that makes you a life-giving spirit, right? Rivers of living water starts flowing from our inside. Right? The Genesis 1 verse 1, God actually lives in me. Colossians 1 27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. As the Father is in me and I'm in Him, what Jesus just said, right? And now it goes and He says, but I've placed the anointing, I've placed the anointed one, He actually lives in you. He dwells inside of you, right? So when I touch people, Ooh, okay, are you all right with this? Let's slow down. But when I touch people, if he lives in me, who's touching them? So I'm not seeking for God there. He actually lives in me. So I'm not trying to connect out there. I'm actually connecting with him in my spirit in here because he's in me. Like the Father is in me, I'm in him. And because we abide in this place, that means rest, right? God dwells in us, right? 
Romans 8.11. For the what? The same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead now does what? Where? Hello? I need somebody else to say that. For, put it on there. Is it on there? And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Okay, who is you? Okay. He, who's He? As the Father, right, who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also do what? Give life to your mortal body through His Spirit who lives where? Okay, so, so we're in trouble because everybody's in everybody, right? Are you confused yet? Right? So the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in you. In you, in you, listen, you've got to get this now, right? The, the Spirit, the, the guy who parted the Red Sea, the guy from Genesis 1 verse 1, the guy who raised the dead, the guy who walked on water, that Spirit lives in you. Every single miracle that has been recorded through history, the one who did it dwells in you. He's in you. He lives in you. It's not my fault. I'm sorry. It's right there. It's Paul's fault. Go and argue with him in heaven one day if you want to, right? He lives in you. Right? I've often said to people, I said, like, when, when Jesus died, I love the fact, I just read the other day, and it says in, in, in John 18 where it says, and Jesus breathed out his last breath, and he gave up his spirit. And then the amplifier just adds there, he gave it up willingly. Nobody took it from him. Nobody could take it from him. He decided, and it's, I never looked at it like that. It's like he went, okay, that's enough now. Tired of hanging here. Okay, Father, I surrender. Because the enemy didn't kill him. You've got to hear this. The enemy didn't kill Jesus. He surrendered. It's not like Satan had a victory over him on that day. It's not the truth. He surrendered. Right? Your king didn't lose. He surrendered. What did he say? Father, I give my spirit unto you. And he breathed his last. He chose it. Right? That authority, that spirit lives in you. That's what dwells inside of us. And then Jesus goes on and he says, you'll do the same and greater. Verse 13. And this is where it gets a bit wild. <laughs> Only now. <laughs> Are you breathing? Are you guys all right? Okay, guys online, are you fine? <laughs> so, and it says, again, it's Jesus saying this stuff. I'm so, it, it, listen to me, it freaks me out as well. 
It's not like I'm going, oh, I've got this. I'm looking at this, I'm going, did he really say this? Right? And he says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name. And this I will do so that the Father may be glorified and celebrated in His Son. Listen, guys, we've got to, and I'm, I'm not there. I'm, I want to tell you, I'm not there. I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, God, I'm reading this stuff and it blows, it blows my mind. I'm like, Jesus is going, listen, you're going to do the same and greater. And He goes, whatever you ask in my name, whatever. Whatever you ask in my name. Obviously, in partnership, in relationship, out of a place of His will, all of those things, right? We, we get that, right? But whatever you do, whatever you ask, I will do it. Why? Because I want to glorify the Father. When, you, when we start grasping this, and I'm journeying with you, right? But when we start grasping this, we realize that it's not about <laughs> He is the miracle worker. Do we agree? Right, he's, right, I mean, right, he's the healer, he's the miracle worker, he's the dead raiser. I mean, I don't have to get into all of that, right? Okay, we agree that part. So every time that he moves, why is he moving? To glorify his Father. We look at it and we think, oh, what if it glorifies me, all of those stuff, and, and we'll, we'll get to that stuff over the weekend. I know we will. But he's going, no, 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 you're not, you're not getting it. I want to do this. I want to answer your every single prayer. Why? It's going to give honor to my father. It's his only desire. I want to honor, I want to honor the father. I want to glorify the father. John 17, verse 1 and 2, he says, Father, I give my life up. Why? So that it may glorify you. He goes, Father, I'm going to answer your every prayer. Guys, I'm going to answer your every prayer. Why? Because I want to glorify my father. I want the Father to be glorified. I want Him to be magnified. I want His, His name to be lifted in the Son, in me, right? So do you get what freedom that gives us? It's not about, it's not about, it's not even about, <laughs> I want to say it, it's not even about the person you pray for, although it is. Do you, do you hear me, right? It's about something else. There's somebody's name that needs to be glorified, and His name is the Father, and His name is Jesus. And that word glorifies his name. It glorifies him every time because it shows that there's a people that's one with God. It shows there's people that understand that abiding in the Father, abiding in Jesus, Jesus abiding in you glorifies the Father. Right? It's about glorifying the Father. I want you to listen to it again. And then he, and then he, go, and he does this. Again, as if that was not enough, then he goes, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Can, can I read it again? Verse 13, <laughs> right? This is Jesus speaking. This is not a book that you're reading. This is not, I'm like reading verse for verse what Jesus says, right? And our king, let's read it again, verse 12. Let's start there, right? He's looking at these guys called disciples. That's us. That's us. Right? And he's looking at these guys that's still confused. That's us. <laughs> right? Like, what? <laughs> what are you saying? What? <laughs> and he's going, he says, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, anyone who believes in me will also do the things that I do. 
and he will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. This I will do so that the Father may be glorified and celebrated in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. This is not someone's opinion. This is God. This is the Son of God saying to you, listen, this is what I want. I want this for humanity. Because there's a testimony of my Father that needs to be seen throughout creation. There's a world that needs to go. Isaiah 25 is one of my favorite scriptures. It says, and in that day, I will remove the covering of death that was lying over the nations, right? And suddenly they will see, and then it says these beautiful words, and they will say, behold, this is our God. This is the one we've been waiting for, right? There's a world sitting out there with LGBTQ and Corona and the craziest ideas that a bunch of smart people can come up with, right? Right? It's fascinating how intelligent people can be so unintelligent. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? You think, have you absolutely lost your minds? Humanity. Right? And, and all of this craziness is going on, and this hatred towards the gospel, this hatred towards God, this hatred towards God. And here's the thing. There's a group of people that's just saying, we have no clue who he is. We have no clue who the Father is, like they didn't have a clue. And Jesus goes, well, I, I've been showing him to you all along because he lives in me. He lives in me. And my words is going to be initiated by his authority. It's going to be my love. It's going to be my power that breaks open. And people are going to go, what? Is this actually him? We didn't get it. We never understood who he was. But it's, a, it's us that needs to be the... Jesus of our day, do you get me? We're the sons, we're, we're in the image of him and there's a world going, who is the father? Never mind that, who's Jesus? Can you show us? Right? And they are engulfed in death. They are veiled, they are blind, they can't see. And I want to ask you, we need to start preaching a gospel that can open the eyes of the blind to hear the word of the Lord, to see the power of God, to taste and see that He's good. Jesus didn't say you're the salt and the light for no reason. It's about tasting and seeing, tasting and seeing, taste and see that the Lord is good. You're the salt, you're the light, me included. We've got to show them who He is and lose our distractions and all the stuff that's stealing so much and just get back to the place where we go, okay, well, this is actually who I am. I'm a river of life, right? I'm a life-giving spirit. I'm revealing Jesus to the world. And Jesus wants to do powerful things through me because it glorifies the Father. My Father, His Father, our Father, right? Our Father who art in heaven, right? That's, that's what it's about. It, it's never about you. It's not about you. You're qualified or not qualified. It's about glorifying your Father, we want to glorify the Father. I want those people in the trans guy to go, what is this who he is? He's awesome. 
right? I want the guys in America to go, oh, wow, I didn't realize that. Okay, yeah, he's pretty cool. <laughs> Let's run with this guy, the beginning guy, that guy, Genesis 1 verse 1, right? This is, this is our job description and not just description, it's our privilege. It's our joy. It should flow out of us, right? Uh, Daniel stirred me on this verse the other day, Ephesians 3 verse 20, right? And this we know that He will do far abundantly above and beyond whatever we can ask or imagine. Okay? Now, the other day, I didn't tell you this, Daniel, but there it is. Man, Claire, you're awesome. So, Smith Wigglesworth, okay, who likes him? Okay, who doesn't like him? It's okay. He's dead, so don't worry. Okay, all right. Um, but Smith Wigglesworth, right? I'm a fan, all right? So anyway, he punched people in the stomach. I don't suggest that, but hey, the cancer came out, right? I'm sure as long as you do it and it works, nobody will mind. But if it doesn't work, you're on your own, right? I'm not responsible and Andre's running, I know, right? So, but anyway... He, he, he tells this story. He says he walks into a room and, and he's like new in the Lord. This ministry thing is happening. And, he go, and there's this real sick person waiting. There's people downstairs. He needs to pray, right? So he's kind of stressed. And, and as he walks up, the enemy starts speaking to him. and going, who do you think you are? Right? And now he's in this internal conflict suddenly. Like he's the faith guy, but now he goes, eh, I don't know, you know. And, and he's struggling, struggling. And suddenly... Ephesians 3.20 comes to mind. And he goes, what? He's like, and he tells the enemy, he says, devil, if I put my hand on this man, whatever I can think, ask, or imagine, he is going to do abundantly above and beyond that. What a mindset. What a mindset. Imagine when you pray for the sick and you put your hand and you go, Wow. Whatever my expectation is, whatever your expectation is for this weekend, he's going to do abundantly above and beyond, right? And it's, it's not like us firing ourselves up. It's the truth of the gospel. Why? Because he wants to glorify the Father. Imagine if we can, wow, time and me. It's Matthew 10, verse 7 and 8, right? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, cleanse lepers. We know the verse. Why? Freely you've received, so freely give, right? What, what's the point? Another translation says it liberally you've received, so liberally give. What's the point? Something that's free is usually not, is not scarce. Is, would that be the right word? Get, just track with me, right? So Jesus says, freely you've received. He says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, cleanse lepers, declare that the kingdom is at hand. Why? Freely you've received. Freely, you must give. This is the point. It's not rare. Healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out devils, cleansing lepers is not rare in heaven's economy at all. In fact, free. Why? It's an abundance. It's an abundance. What if something just shifts tonight about thinking about God as being like this when it comes to power and we realize, oh, it's free. It's like, this is what he does. This is what he does. We had a dead raising in Zimbabwe. I'm going to land it now. So 
uh, in 2017, it's a long story, I don't want to, you know, but, but this lady, she's 24 years old, declared dead by, by the hospital, so it's not a, it's a verified miracle. Um, and she came to us, we prayed, after 15 minutes, God raised her from the dead and she's back to life. Awesome, awesome story, right? We're so excited. Um, then I find out that she didn't get born again. Okay? I know, that's a stinger, right? Yeah. And, and you keep going like, what? <laughs> I mean, we've tried to follow up with her. I've sent people there. They refuse to talk to us. They don't want to talk about that night, you know, the whole thing. And I'm going, Lord, I don't get it. Like, I really don't get it. And I think I got a bit offended, to be quite honest with you, even with the Lord. Because I'm thinking, Lord, I mean, this miracle, this massive thing, and she's not born again. And you kind of go, like, I don't even get how that works. You know, we, it's so painful almost in a way. You've contended for this, the whole thing. And, and I was fasting now, this week, and I'm sitting with the Lord the other night. I'm going, Lord, I still don't get it. And he says, you're offended at me, so we'll talk about that tomorrow. <laughs> but then he goes and he says, I want you to see something else. I go, okay. He says, do you think I didn't know what she's going to do? I'm like, <laughs> like, of course you knew. <laughs> and he says, so what am I trying to tell you? I'm going, I don't know. <laughs> I need help. He's like, it is the biggest thing for you, this dead raising. I knew what she's going to do and I did it in any way. What's the point? It's not a big deal for me to do that. I can do it. To whoever I want, wherever I want, freely you've received, freely give. He is so generous with his power. It's not like it just streams out of him because of who he is. It's not hard for him to do it. It might feel to us like this thing, and he's just going, hey, isn't that the gospel? It's just the gospel. It's like, hey, well done. I said, Lord, I don't like it. He said, well done, you preached the gospel. Like what? Yeah, Mark 16, you preached the gospel. You preached to all creation. You healed the sick, raised the dead. Good job. I'm like, but Lord, he's like, hey, you sowed seed. I'm like, Lord. It's the kindness of the Lord. It's his nature. It's not hard for him. Imagine if that thing can just flip tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine every single time we lay hands on somebody, we go, whatever I can give, he's going to do abundantly above and beyond. Right? What if we go to a place of rest because we understand who lives in us? And we just go, oh, wow. Verse 21 of that chapter, and then we're done. Chapter 14. Can you put it on clear? I can't find it now. It says, the person who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who really loves me. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out 
demons and cleanse lepers. If you do those things, it shows that you love me. He says, and whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. I will make myself real to him. I will dwell in him, another translation says. So what if tonight we go into rest and we just go, okay, he's in me. And we go, Genesis 1 verse 1 is in me. That's what's in me. That changes my expectation in life, right? Can we stand together? Thanks. Paul Paul said in Romans 1.11, he said, "I, I long that I may come to you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, right? That I may release something over your life. And my prayer is that tonight, you know, the ministry of impartation, I don't want to get too long into that, but it's, it's a powerful thing. It's a grace that God gives, and, and it's, it's through the laying on of hands. It's through the spoken word. There's lots of ways that it happens, but it's, it's like something gets imparted into us. And, and for me, what that's about is, listen, if he lives in you, it's not like you have any lack. Okay, can we just get that clear, right? So if, if, if he lives in you, it's not like you have a shortage of the gift of healing capacity on the inside of you. It's like kind of right there. Am I right? Okay, the same spirit, right? So the guy who's raised every dead person in history lives in you, right? So just think about that a little bit. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It's unreal, isn't it? It's not my fault, though. <laughs> so, personally, I don't really have anything I can give you if he lives in you. I'm sorry to disappoint you. But what does happen sometimes through the laying on of hand and impartation is that something that's in there gets awakened. Okay, this happened to me years ago where a man prayed for me. I didn't know he was famous. And because I was new in the Lord, and, and then I realized, oh, he's really famous. And um, I was so hungry for God. Man, I was just like, Lord, you know, I'm so tired of praying for people with headaches and it gets worse. You know that feeling? Who's had that feeling? Oh, it's bad. Yeah, you pray for the sick and they get worse. It's like, you know, if you're on your sick bed, then you don't want me to come and pray for you, Robert. Really, get somebody else, you know. So, and I was just like, Lord, come on, this must change, you know. And uh, hungry for the Lord. And then this ministry came through, and and I didn't know what their deal was, but uh, I heard him, and he started speaking, and I went, Oh man, everything that this man is talking about is my heart. Like he's speaking about revival, and he's speaking about the moves that God started through him, and it real move that changed church history. I don't want to mention its name because maybe you don't like it. And um, 
and the healings and the miracles. And I just went, oh, Lord, this is what I want, you know. And then, then he said, all right, tomorrow morning, I'm going to lay hands on all of you. And we're trusting that God's going to do something. And, and I went home, but it was a Sunday night. Sorry, just stand a little. You're tired of sitting. I could see that. And that Sunday night, I go to bed. I'm hungry for God. But who's been hungry? Yeah. You know what it's like? Where you're like, <laughs> like it's all you can think of. It's all you can think of. You know, it's just like, Jesus, I'm hearing this. I know it's true, but God, somewhere, the promise and the manifestation, I don't know what needs to happen, but something needs to happen, right? You just go, Lord, I can't see another sick person not get better. I can't have that. You know, not for my sake. I'm just so frustrated. It hurts seeing it, you know. I'm just hungry. And that night at 12 o'clock, I was in my bed. It was before we got married, shortly before we got married. I'm in my bed at 12 o'clock that night. A presence comes into my room like I've never experienced before. And from 12 that night to 4 the next morning, it's like God took electrical wires and He just plugged it into me. I'm sorry that offends you. I was offended too. Not offended, I was scared. And I just went, Lord, I don't know what this is. Is this you? And I'm not very smart, but I had this one little prayer. I said, Lord, if it's you, keep going. If it's not, then go away in Jesus' name. And it's kind of simple. <laughs> yeah. Listen, some of you just need to start praying that. Stop being so afraid. Just trust Him a little bit, right? Lord, if it's you, please keep going. If it's not you, leave in the name of Jesus because His name will make it stop. It's the ultimate authority. It was Him. And He just kept going for four hours. I'm just shaking in my bed. I've never had this. I'm just shaking. Wow. Crying, shaking, going, what in the world's going on? <laughs> and I get a couple of hours sleep, go to this meeting. Me and Maurice, were, were we engaged yet? Can't even see you. Yes. We're engaged to get married. So I'm going, I'm telling her, listen, something happened. She's like, oh, you know, okay, that's good. <laughs> like not sure what, about what to do. And, and this guy starts speaking again. And the minute he starts, like he opened his mouth and it starts again. I'm like, I'm like, you see? It's like, yes, okay, I'm seeing. <laughs> And for the next hour and a half, he's talking. He's just talking, talking about the power of God, talking about impartation, talking about who lives in us, talking about spending our lives for Him. Just, just talking about all of this stuff, just touching nations, touching people, just being this blessing that glorifies the Father, right? And I'm going, Lord, this is what I want, you know? And he goes, well... If you're shaking or crying or feeling hot flashes or like fire or electricity or uh, pins and needles or laughing, or any of those things, then, then I want to pray for you first. I'm like, well, all of the above, right? Like it's been going forever. It's like, okay. So I run forward with a bunch of people and he touches me. I hit the floor and now it's like next level violence there on the floor. Like, <laughs> I'm going, Lord, is this illegal? You know, I thought you were like a dove, you know? And he's like, yeah, like a lion too. <laughs> right? And I'm just going, okay, if it's you, I want more. If it's not, stop. Yeah. Can you pray that for a minute? Just go, Lord, if it's you, I want more. If it's not, stop in the name of Jesus. Right? That's simple, right? 
Let's not make this hard, please, right? Just make it simple. And as I prayed it, guess what happened? It got worse, right? Now I'm feeling like it's like, you know, I don't know, a heavyweight is sitting on me and trying to push me through the concrete. I'm gonna, I don't get the purpose, but I'll take it anyway, right? And God is just moving, right? Everybody's out of the church. I think it's an hour or what later. Nobody's there. Poor Maurice, because we're driving together. She's kind of going, okay, you know. <laughs> she was awesome. I get up. I'm too drunk to drive home. I'm sorry if that offended you, but I, whatever you want to call it. I couldn't drive. I'm like a drunk person, right? Sorry about that. But again, not my fault. I didn't choose that. Look, I didn't choose that. I wanted that. I wanted him, right? And whatever way he comes, I'm going to take it. If I get drunk, then I get drunk in the Spirit. I didn't choose that. But I want Jesus, right? I want His Spirit. Listen, we, we must stop with this stuff. Right? If He wants to stick me on that wall and let me hang there for a day or two, I'll take it. I'm sorry if you don't like it, but if it's Him, I want it. I don't care what it is, as long as it's Him. If He wants to make me lie down on that floor and embarrass me in front of all of those people so that He can kill something in me, so that He can rise up, then I'll take it, right? You've got to stop worrying about this stuff. We want Jesus, right? Just say that, Lord, we want You. We want Your Spirit, however You want to do it. Come, Lord. We just need You, God. We need You, right? So I got up from there. The weekend after, the weekend after, I can't remember, I ministered for the first time and I'm like, ooh, I've got to see if this thing works. Right, I'm so excited. I, want, I mean, something obviously happened. So, hey, here's the thing. If nothing happened after that, then it was probably rubbish. Agreed? So what, what's the point? The fruit. We're looking for fruit. So anyway, so I started praying the first time on ministry, like, remember, I was the guy that prayed, your headache got worse, okay? The first time I ministered, 90% of people got healed. Scoliosis, tinnitus in people's ears, people with lumps in their breast. Suddenly, everywhere we go, healing breaks out. We started winning souls. Everything changed because of that night through a laying on of hand, an impartation thing. And suddenly it went, oh, he lives in me. Something is awakened in me. I can do this. Not because of me, but because He's awesome, right? Then I prayed for people after that and they would stand like a street pole. Have you ever prayed for people like that? It's just like, they don't have the right posture. They don't do, they, they're just like, they kind of just stare at you like while you're praying, like so rude, just close your eyes. Come on, man. You're making me feel awkward. You know, they're like, there's nothing, right? And you pray for them and you go, oh, surely nothing happened there because they just kind of went, okay, and they turn around and they leave and you go, well, that didn't go down at all. It's happened in India, right? I'm like, you know. <laughs> Love India. Oh, one of my favorite places. Anyway, so I get a phone call a week later. Anant is his name. He's like, he's never seen a miracle in his life before moving with us those couple of weeks. But he's never prayed for somebody. He's like, uh, listen, Brother Hank, <laughs> you won't believe it, but people are getting healed. Remember that guy. Nothing. So it's not the manifestation either. It's faith. It's impartation. It's revelation of what lives in you. It's rest. But whatever He wants to do, let's take it. Right? So I want to pray, first of all, 
I want to pray for rest in this moment. It's a weird thing to pray, but I really feel I want to release peace over you. I want to release rest over you. If you are struggling with anxiety, if you're struggling with depression, if stress is just killing you, right? Money, marriage, children, whatever. Right? He wants to give you His rest. So I'm going to do just a general release of that. But if that's touching you and, and you know that's who you are and you need a breakthrough in that, I want to pray for that. Because in rest is faith, Hebrews 3. We do not go into the rest of God because of unbelief. I can't trust Him. No, you can't. Right? So if you need the rest of God, then however you want to receive, just lift your hands, whatever you want to do. But Lord, I just come now and I praise You. You are so glorious. You are so glorious, so beautiful, Jesus. As I pray for You, I want You to think who's in You. And Lord, thank You that as they stand, that rest is not something that has to come from the outside on them, but it's something that just flows from the inside because of who lives in us. So Lord, I pray that even as they just receive, it's actually not receiving, but it's acknowledging what's there. So Lord, let rest arise in Your people tonight. Let the rest of God just fill this room. Just fill it. Let anxiety just fall off of us. Depression, stress, striving. Oh, man. We're not striving anymore. We're not striving anymore. We've entered rest. Rest has entered us. So put your hand on your belly if you want to. And just start speaking to yourself a little bit. Just say, rest, I receive you. Prince of peace, you live in me. Let it just flow. Let it just flow right now. Lord, I pray that, that that fountains will just start bubbling up on the inside. In the name of Jesus, I want to release this in a way, but I want you to just be careful. Is that okay? Please don't get hurt. So Lord, I just, I just come and I just pray right now. Just release. The Prince of Peace is here. The Prince of Peace is here. Depression, break now in Jesus' name. Anxiety just lift in the name of Jesus. Because he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. That which dwells in us is pressing against everything that the world offers, and it's not a contest. 
fear just break? Just break. Sure, lots of fear. Lots of fear. Let's just let that go in this moment. Just let, let it go. Just, there's someone in you and he's surely not afraid. There's a lion in you. His name is Jesus. Wow. Just release more. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> you know what he said in Isaiah? He says, where shall I find the home for myself? Where, where, where will I find the home? And he goes, I'm going to dwell in you. <laughs> like the heavens cannot contain me, he says, Isaiah 66, 1. The heavens cannot contain me. Who shall build a home for me? Where shall I find the home? And he says, Colossians 1, 27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's like, I'm just going to choose you. I'm going to dwell in you and you can dwell in me. Right? He says, where is it? Isaiah 42, and my glory I shall give unto no other. My glory I shall give unto no other. But then again, he goes, Christ in you, the hope of glory. He doesn't only give it to another, he actually puts it inside of you. Jesus prayed in John 7, He said, the same glory, Father, that I had, would you give it to them? Yeah. He's lavish. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, I pray as we're in this place of rest, thank you that we can come and receive. Thank you that you want to awaken and impart that which is there, impartation is actually one of the words I found is that it's breaking open the fallow ground in your spirit. It's like something just cracks open on the inside and what's there actually comes out. It's like it's already there. It's just like the Lord just plows it open and suddenly that fallow ground becomes fertile soil and the seed, the, the, that incorruptible seed that is placed in you, it actually starts producing 30, 60 and 100 fold because it's already in you. It's already in you. It's already in us. Thank you, Lord, that miracles are in us, Lord. Dead raising is in us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And what I want to do is as you feel Him pulling you and you say, Lord, I want to touch from you. I want this thing to be activated. I want the fallow ground to be open. I want you to come to the front, right? Just come to the front, if that's okay. We're just going to lay hands on people, Andre, your team, and whoever wants to do that. Just come to the front. Just come and stand here. Let's just make rows. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Lord, we're so desperate. We're so desperate, but yet we are in rest. We don't even know how that works. We are so desperate while well, we're not striving. I want you to see how you approach His open hand tonight. He, he doesn't have a closed hand for you. Listen, He gave His Son. 
He put Jesus on a cross. He's not withholding anything from us. He's not withholding anything. Right, come a little bit forward and try and make, make a bit of space between the rows. Maybe, I don't know, Andre is going to organize you in a minute. Right? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray that that fire will start burning from the inside, Lord. That fire in the bones that Jeremiah spoke about, Lord. That that will start rising up. Come, come, Lord. Awaken the gifts. That same Spirit that's in us. That same Spirit that's in us that raised you from the dead. Woo! Just start moving in us, Lord. Pray this prayer one more time with me. Just say, Lord... If it's you, I want more. If it's not, go away in Jesus' name. But if it's you, I want more. Jesus. Thank you for listening to this session. We hope that you were blessed by it. For more information about the ministry, go to www.aflame.co.za or find us on Facebook and Instagram under Aflame Ministries. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.